to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. I know you. You're hiding something. You know something. Hey, come on. The man just lost his uncle. Yeah, Harvey, you just keep covering for him. My condolences. She's right. You do know something, don't you? Uncle Frank shot himself. Said it was the only way to get me inside the court. That's the difference between you and Bruce Wayne. I found your performance to be wooden and unrealistic. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. How are you doing tonight, Anne-Marie? I would be a little better if you'd give me a window. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm good otherwise. You can't, you, you want to see your I would like to see what the show looks like tonight, but I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> I guess. Uh, but but uh, you know what? Not only do you want to see yourself, not only do I want to see myself, but you know who else wants to see us? All it's, of the peoples. All of our chatters Hi. over uh, twitch.tv slash universe box, which uh, right now we just have Lone Wolf Pack and, and Talking to Wee. But uh, people generally f- tend to filter in there a little bit more as we're going along. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we do broadcast this live. Live Tuesday nights, 8.30 p.m. EST at twitch.tv slash universebox, as I said. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're barreling along here. This, uh, I, I would like to mention, is our 98th episode. Yes, so, 98. We're getting old. Which means we're very, very close to episode, what, 100? I, you know, I hear that 100 is close to 98. I hear 100 is very, very lucky. You think it's lucky? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, also, we have a Carolyn Wells in the chat Carolyn Swell! Or Carolyn, Carolyn Wells, because Carolyn she is Wells or Carolyn no, Wells. It's Carolyn Wells from Gothamatics. Hello. Okay, hello, Carolyn. Uh, nice to see you here. Sorry, my well, my microphone's acting a little funny. I, uh, this board is is kind of junk. We're gonna have probably have to replace it at some point. But uh, and no, we're here to talk Gotham. Yes, as we, are. we always Gotham. are. That's what we do. And uh, so I, you know what? Enough with this preamble. Enough with this. Uh, you know, poppycock. I'd like to say. Uh, why don't we go ahead and get started talking about this week's episode, episode uh, 17, season 3, uh, in Amory. As usual, why don't you go ahead and start us off with the riddling, rhyming episode summary. What is the riddle Ed couldn't solve? The group around which all of Gotham revolves. Will Pengy plants assemble the freaks? They find fire and ice in their very first week. Will Jim fool the, fool the court? Who even knows? What if all Alfred knows of Bruce Wayne is his clothes? If Babs ain't on top, will she settle for the middle? The owls are endangered in the primal riddle. The primal riddle. <laughs> Anne-Marie, what do you think? A very theatrical episode. I love all the theater. You know, I, I will... The theater geek in me just kept going, mm. Hamlet, Hamlet, they're doing Hamlet! <laughs> I, I will say that Ed's... um. A Ed's sort of theatricality in was this annoying. episode brought me back to a lot of our, our discussions about Fish Mooney in season one and about how she Overacting. was very, how she was very forward face facing and mm-hmm. Brechtian in her performance. You could definitely see Ed sort of growing into that mm-hmm. uh, in this one here, uh, which was great. I really loved it. It was fun, definitely, uh, yeah. definitely. And uh, we did find out the answer to to be or not to be, not to be, not if uh, he was not to be. But you know what? Before we move into the main main. Dis- Discussion. I think we should uh, play a little thing here. I uh, we we got this posted to our Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash Legends, Legends of Gotham. Gotham. And uh, Amory, why don't you tell them a little bit? Sure. Um, we got this vid- video from Yasmin Shelton. It's called Penguins Lullaby. First, she sent it to us just like the 
the lyrics and then she recorded this beautiful video and song so take it away yeah and we will have the links to both the video mm-hmm. and the lyrics in our show notes at legends for this episode number uh 98 but for now take it away yasmin has gone out on the snow from above but nothing will warm me more than my my mother's love. I light another candle, dry the tears from my face. Nothing can protect me more than my mother's warm embrace. The path ahead is dark, so dark I can't see, but I will not fear. This my mother looks over me. One second, I'm arranging a special guest for just a moment in this episode. Are you? Okay, I'm just going to keep clapping. Yay! That was fantastic. Yes, but no, that was great. And as I said, you know, we'll ha- we'll have the links to both the video, mm-hmm. the video and the lyrics over at legendsofgotham.com. But thank you so much. They, they, thank we, you, Yasmin. We absolutely loved Penguin's Lullaby. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, hold on, let me pause. Let me go ahead and start up the recording again. Okay. Sorry about that. Hopefully, my mic issues are have been put to rest. Uh, but now that we've listened to Yasmin's w- wonderful song, I guess it's time to get into the main discussion for this episode. Yes. And my first point: shut up, Jim. Oh, Jim. Shut up, Jim. Just shut up, Jim. It, Jim is very, very, very unwise in his speaking in this episode. I, now, while Jim has accomplished his goal by infiltrating the court, I found myself getting angry with him. It, you probably couldn't tell. No, uh, not at all. Throughout the episode. As Mayor James says in this episode, the court are like gods. They see and hear everything. So mm-hmm. why is Jim so cavalier when talking about the court to Harvey? Yeah. Uh, for, for one, the police chief's office seems like the first place the court would want to place a bug in i'm sure it's been bugged for years yeah and and then there's issues where he he's dropping knowledge about the court over the phone which i'm mean, everywhere I, that's i'm dumb. sure the court has the the phones tapped and i'm pretty sure there's high schoolers who can have your phones tapped so i'm yeah. sure the court's had it <laughs> and uh karen swells over in the chat room says i got more angry with lee fair enough i, I kind of oh, did too i i don't have the energy to get into that fight but lee Go on vacation. Yeah, I wrote back off, Lee, <laughs> in my notes. But I, I kind of feel like the court might already know that Jim is planning on betraying them, uh, mm-hmm. but is using him for another purpose because he hasn't been he hasn't been careful about it at all. So Mm-mm. if they don't know, then the court is far less powerful than we currently think. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of. Like I said, I kind of feel like they know uh, because Catherine says that after the cleansing uh, of Gotham, mm-hmm. that good men like you, Jim, will need to hold it or Gotham together. So I think that perhaps the court knows, but they don't care because they know they're going to need him. So my theory mm-hmm. is that the court, before disappearing back behind the curtain uh, at the end of this season, will help install Jim as police commissioner so he can save Gotham. The commish! So he can hold it together. Okay. And then once he's in, they'll leave Gotham to him for a while knowing they can pull his strings when they need to uh, because they have leverage against him they have a history with them so i I think they're going to put him in a position of power then just slowly sink back into the shadow since they almost got exposed this episode by ed yeah they did i i I, like i said you know towards the end of the season i predict they're going to fall back into the shadows Mm -hmm. and then they'll be ready to reemerge once bruce becomes batman again so okay 
Let's see. Um, uh, Win talking to we in the chat room says, "In that office scene with Jim and Gordon, did anyone else's TV broadcast have messed up audio? I didn't know uh, if that was an audio cue for it being bugged or a TV glitch. I didn't catch. I that. think it might have been your TV. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it very possibly could have. You need to get. Was long- it storming? Because you seem to have issues when it's storming. <laughs> you you need to get longer rabbit ears. <laughs> is what you need to do. But but any thoughts on that? Did you think that Jim was too loud, too proud? You know, I didn't think about it until you uh, mentioned it, but he does seem just very, very chill talking. About, he's very mm-hmm. comfortable talking about the court anywhere and everywhere, which yeah. is dumb. <laughs> um, and it, it feels a little weird the way that you say that, you know, maybe they don't care as much because um, they're they're setting him up to put things back together. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. It feels a little off. Yeah. It makes sense. But – would they want somebody who was so casual about their existence to be a representative of the court? Yeah, very, very. So true. there's that. That's my concern. With I, that. I also get the feeling that Ed is probably not a, a resource like they, no. they claimed he was going to be. I have a feeling they're upset that he exposed them, and oh that yeah, something bad's going to go down with Ed next episode. What comes? I, I taught my children today. What goes around comes around. Yes, you be nice to people. People will be nice to you. Ed has not been so nice to the people. No, no. Ed's going to get his comeuppance. <laughs> definitely, mm, he's definitely. He's getting the comeuppance. I, I, you, one other thing that kind of stuck out to me, uh, speaking of the last scene with Jim finally joining the court. Yeah, that was awkward. Why do they all wear a mask if they all know each other's real names? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> really? I don't even know. Yeah, I'm curious. Me too. I'm very curious. I just, I would like to know who else is in the court. I'm curious and I'm spurious. Spurious? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Lone Wolf Paco 4 in the chat room says, I think Jim was just being Jim, LOL. Very true. He's Mm. he's not the smartest cookie in the shed. Uh, (laughs) In the shed? Who Who eats the cookies in the shed? Who keeps cookies in a shed? Oh, my goodness. Who keeps cookies in a shed? Is there something in your tea? And then uh, Lone Wolf (laughs) Paco also says, but it has to come back to face Oswald. They can't build up uh, that up for nothing. Oh, they're not. And uh, then uh, Carolyn Swell says, I I think if Jim regards the court in that haphazard manner, it takes away a lot of the grandeur of the court. Almost like saying, screw you. I can definitely see that. Mm, Yes. And that's something that should only be said by Fist. Fish Mooney bitch, who hopefully will be back this <gasps> oh, season. Fish Mooney bitch. <laughs> okay, Jada made it okay. So uh, Anne Marie, what, what's your top point here? It probably has something to do with the Riddler, doesn't it? Ah, uh, yes, the Riddler's over-the-top performances with every time he spoke. Mm-hmm. So when Nigma was at the GCPD, he tended to stay a bit below the radar. Like he made his presence known by agitating Harvey and everyone with uh-huh. his riddles, but he wasn't big and loud. He was able to like mm-hmm. slink away a little. Now the man wants the whole world to know his face, his, his face. Riddler, his how he does things. He wants everybody to know all of the things. And that's just a really, really serious personality change. Yeah. And I, I'm a little concerned. Well, they, well, now that he knows who he is, he wants everybody else to know too. Right. It's just, um, you know, I feel like the deaths of Miss Kringle and Isabella have left him a little confused. Mm-hmm. And now he's starting to know who he is. So that that's good. I, I did like uh, that they kind of changed up his, <laughs> his comic book uh, motivation a little bit for the riddles because – 
the the riddles uh, the riddles in the comic books it's a compulsion like he has to do it okay because he wants to be caught almost okay where in the in this series I, it seems like the he's using the riddles because he wants to make everyone else look dumber than he is and make himself look i mean he knows he's smart mm-hmm. but he wants to lift himself up and look smarter than everybody else by making everybody else look like fools because of these riddles okay i can see that however my question my big question is to like what is the man's end game uh-huh. like everybody else has like this clear motivation and his was just like finding himself and mm-hmm. that's just a little weird like he doesn't seem concerned about being the king of gotham like he doesn't want to be yeah. the king of the underworld that's very clear otherwise he wouldn't be helping said barbara up for that kind of sort of not really uh-huh. um he's just about pleasing himself so if this is the case why did he rob three banks in one night <laughs> like his little hidey hole is like full of all sorts of awesomeness and i would like to go shopping in there um yeah. but all of the you know who runs gotham craziness makes sense but not the robbing three banks in one night like they don't mm-hmm. they don't feel like the same character in a in a sense you know what i mean yeah like i get you want people to know who you are but why however much applause to his interruption of <laughs> that was beautifully done and you know what when you're on stage everything mm-hmm. has to be big at first i was thinking there might be some sort of significance for him stepping in for yes. hamlet's father like maybe this will the tie go- back into yes. the episode or something like jim yeah, will see the didn't. ghost of his dad or something like that see and that would have made so much which sense. has happened in the past but it didn't happen in this not episode. in this episode no. although i will say that you know if he if he doesn't didn't have a motivation coming going into this episode besides just well, getting does. his name out there as soon as bab shows up he gets it because he's like oh wait a second that's right the riddle i never solved right so. but but that's the thing the part that was confusing was before that mm-hmm. it was like what was he yeah. doing biding his time robbing banks mm-hmm. like that doesn't actually seem in character he was just building up some reserves i guess i uh, his hideout though looked very very much like a classic 60s Batman villain hideout. Like, yeah, piles of I think of it money was even shot at a Dutch angle. And pictures. Yeah. yeah. So it was good. Uh, was let's fun. see. Uh, Carolyn in the chat room says he doesn't tell riddles on purpose all the time. They're like uh, Tetch in his rhymes. They're nervous, compulsive behavior that they don't know how to express their real thoughts. I, I think that definitely a bit. That's, sometimes that's the case and especially with that in the early seasons mm-hmm. it was. But I think now he's being very deliberate with them and he's telling very clever riddles that Jim's going to feel smart solving but they're going to lead him yeah. down the road where Ed wants him to go. Yeah. And I, uh, what did Lone Wolf Pack Lone say? Lone Wolf Pack says he wants to be more f- – okay, he wants to be more famous than Penguin. Um, I think he has all of the Oswald issues. I don't know. Maybe his motivation is just to be the king of the underworld in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, Caroline says – Uh, No matter what interpretation of the Riddler you may or may not know, I know none of them, um, (laughs) they all have some sort of air of pompous and arrogance. And I think Corey Michael Smith captured that greatly. Corey Michael Smith is doing a phenomenal job. Like in any aspect, like, Mm. and it's just hilarious because he's so different from the character. (laughs) Like I enjoy his gift storms while we're live tweeting. But anyway. Mm. Yeah, I, so uh, who knows? Corey, Corey Michael Smith is a constant highlight of Gotham. Like, it, I, yes, I, all three seasons, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I have a point here, and uh, this involves our special guest. I, I want to talk a little bit about the all new Firefly. Uh, now, if you didn't notice, uh, Firefly is now played by an actress named Camilla Perez, uh, who's <laughs> replacing Michelle Aventa. 
French Amelia. Yeah, and uh, so that's who played Firefly in the long, long ago. And I'm, I'm guessing she probably had a commitment or something. I'm sure. So she got replaced by Camilla for this season. Man, and, you're uh, good because you called it. And I, I was like, no, nah, it's the same person. <laughs> I was wrong. But a little piece of trivia. Camilla is also on the Hulu's The Path uh-huh. with Renee Montoya <gasps> herself, Victoria. Cartagena. Cartagena. <laughs> you uh, can't pronounce last names at all. <laughs> no, I, I always I try not to pronounce it just in case I mispronounce it. So that way I So then it's on me. Yeah, then it's on you. Thanks. But I. Uh, Another little trivia fact about uh, okay. Camilla. Uh, she just uh, DM'd me a couple minutes ago on Twitter. and Victoria know- or Camilla? Camilla. Oh, yay! And let, it, let me know that she sent a voicemail, but she got cut off. I told her to go ahead and call back in and finish up if she wanted to. She might not get the DM. So I think we're just going to play this as is. Uh, so this is the new Firefly. Yay, new uh, Firefly! Thank you for calling in, and uh, let's play your voicemail. Hi, my name is Camilla Paris. I'm currently playing Firefly on season three of Gotham. Um... I saw your your tweet and you asked me how it was to um, portray a pre-existing character on the show. Um, well, it's actually very exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time. I um, auditioned for the part when it first came out. I think it was two, two and a half years ago. Um, I never heard back from casting. I never even made it to the second round. I literally just showed up and never heard back. <laughs> I was pretty bummed out because I'm a fan of the show and I'm a fan of Bridget Pike. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty upsetting at the time, but I was very excited to hear that Michelle got to play the part. Um, oh, not only because she's Latina, but she's also uh, a woman, um, since it was originally written for a guy. That's and true. two years later, um, I get a casting from, for my agent for Gotham, but the casting call wasn't for Firefly. It was for you know, a character named Joanna. I think that was the name. It was a, a, a random name. And I prepared the part. I was in Colombia at the time. That's where I'm from um, on vacation. And I prepared the, my, my, my character on, on my way here. I landed and I went straight to casting. And I literally just play it, played it as, um, as Joanna, how it was on the script. And I never heard back till a week after and I hear a call from my agent saying oh you got the part and I said what part oh Gotham and I'm like wait what is it is do do I have a call back do I have to meet the producers no 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 you went straight to the show I'm like freaking out and um they scheduled a fitting the week after they announced that I I was the the a new like a new member of the cast and um I showed up thinking I'm gonna have this cool costume or whatever because Gotham has the best costumes I think <laughs> on television um I showed up and um I'm waiting for 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 the person who was in charge of, of the costume department and I see wings and then I see the firefly suit <laughs> and I'm thinking oh that's that's awesome that's firefly's costume and then they're like oh yeah we're gonna try it on blah 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 and I'm like wait what he's like yeah you're playing firefly I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> I literally started freaking out. I'm confused. I'm like, well, what about Michelle? And, um, and yeah, so that was pretty, pretty exciting. That was a very surreal moment for me. But um, once I got to set, everything pretty much was really smooth. The whole cast was unbelievable. They were so nice to me. Um, it was a great, great, great experience. And um, although I was very nervous, especially to play such an iconic role as um, Firefly, especially after 
Michelle's performance. Oh, and, and that's, that's where, where we got cut off. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's awesome. That's okay. Here, I'm going to refresh this page just one more time here. Uh, that is so cool. With, that, with uh, the continuation. But that's a That really would so be me. Like, the memo just doesn't quite get to you <laughs> what your role is. You're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm on set. Just mm-hmm. tell me what to do. That's so cool. Well, welcome to the show, Camilla. Yeah, we can't wait call to see. Call in anytime. I, I, yeah, definitely feel free to call in anytime. And I, we can't wait to see your... Uh, performance. Your, your performance I, I, as it continues on Gotham with the army of freaks and everything. I, also, yes. I, I let's see if I can pull up her Twitter here. We'll have it in the show notes, too. Do you want me to pull it but up? But she only has like 63 followers. We need Inappropriate. To party of one. We've got this. Yeah, let's see. It's uh, at uh, K... or C- Put it in the chat room. It's... At C A M I P E R E Z T O. So uh, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it'll such. be in the show notes too. I we, we also retweeted it from our Legends of Gotham okay. account a little bit ago, or retweeted her. But no, that's a great story. The one Yay. thing she said that I thought was kind of interesting was that uh, she mentions that uh, you know the role of Firefly was written for a guy. Now I I know I think com- isn't the original character the is original a guy. character is a guy. I don't know if she meant that. I think that or if she meant that it was originally written on Gotham for a guy, and then when uh, Michelle it, Michelle uh, tried out for it, that they, they they decided to go ahead and go oh. in a different direction. I mean that's a possibility too. That is very although true. I guess her original well I, story now I want to know who Joanna is. Yeah yeah. Who is Joanna? Have I missed something? Well, I think a lot of times in the audition process. They they'll, do. they'll do like fake sides well, yeah. uh, with fake characters and stuff mm-hmm. like that so they don't give away any plot points so that that could have been it or maybe there was a joanna we're maybe there is of. a joanna that we don't know yet yet to come we still have like four episodes <laughs> five episodes definitely but i i thought uh back to her appearance in this episode yes. I, I thought it was interesting that she apparently forgot the story that dr hugo strange gave her in indian hill Mm-hmm. I, I, I know there are a few monsters. There are a few monsters left, rather. Uh, more on that in a moment. Uh, but I wonder if they all forgot their stories. They, any monsters who were left that Hugo sort of gave a story to? I wonder if they've all forgotten. Why would they have forgot them? I don't know. She did because uh, she says that you know he had me convinced I was this goddess and uh, fire, and but I got over that. And I started working at this smelting plant or whatever. <sighs> Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, so, um, so I, I wonder how long does Strange's manipulation hypnotism thing last? And is it something that he'll be able to unlock once he decides to reappear? Like maybe he shows back up, Penguin sends his army of freaks after Hugo Strange. All two of them. And uh, then Hugo Strange is just like, Firefly, you're weird and crazy again. Uh, you know, so- I don't feel like that would work. I think it has something to do with the whole Indian Hill um, location mm-hmm. and the immersion in that type of an environment. Yeah. Well, and because uh, Freeze never really um, latched on to his story and stuff. Uh-huh. He always retained his prior knowledge thing. Um, yeah, well, I don't think – did they ever, ever even give him a story? I think they were just I'm like, sure they were trying to. No. Because he had he had the technology to bring people back to life, so yeah, they were just true. like, "Hey, listen to your emo music and give us your secrets." I did love his music, <laughs> um, but Selena was already trying to help her remember what was going on before she left. So, like, yeah. okay, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, speaking of Mister Freeze, I loved his line to Firefly. Maybe you need to cool off because it was very Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mister Freeze. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll need to cool off. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. 
Uh, for sure. Uh, you want to read this a uh, little bit about the Riddler from uh, Lone Wolf Pack over in the chat room? Sure. Okay. My only comparison of Riddler I have is to Jim Carrey's. Um, and they were both over the top. So to me, it fits. Jim Carrey also started off very quiet and reserved. I've never pictured that in my life um, until he became the Riddler as well. His end game was to expose Batman. However, in this case, we don't have a Batman to expose. So I'm mm. not sure who or what is filling that void on Gotham. Well, I, I guess uh, Lone Wolf Pack uh, uh, agrees with you then that, you know, the Riddler doesn't have a super clear motivation right There's now. not much of a motivation. No. Right. So there is that. But yeah, uh, I love hearing from the casting crew of Gotham. I so do. That's always fun. I do love the cast. But now it's time to hear about the freaks. The freaks. Okay. First and foremost, she called him Pengi. That's us. That's we, all us. Nobody called him Pengi. We, we until invented we called calling him. Penguin Pinky Pants. Pants. So shortened to Pengi. You're of welcome, course. Gotham TV. So writers. Gotham TV writers, where's the check? We know. We know you guys sent out a bunch of Gotham swag to some YouTubers a few weeks back. Send it to us. Seriously, they send stuff. to We you. came up with Pengi Pants. We're YouTubers. Yeah, we're podcasters. You love us. Send it over. We like swag. <laughs> um, or don't. That's fine. Too. I like swag. Uh, so the freaks. Ivy, Penguin, Freeze, and Firefly is a pretty weak crew in general because it's only four people. Like, even as freaks, four people is not very scary. Yeah. Um, oh, apparently I'm getting toys. So, um, we know that a lot more freaks escaped from Indian Hill. Were they destroyed? Mm, <laughs> have your coffee? Um, no, like there was a lot more. So I know that Freeze said that they were driven out of town because uh, through his, um, political run for mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I wonder where, where exactly they are and yeah. if they're, uh, you know, functional freaks. Well, I know Jim apprehended freaks. a lot of him in that oh, time period between right. seasons when he was sort of the bounty hunter. That's true. Okay. But so I don't that know helps. how many he killed, how many he apprehended, where they went, right. who they were. Okay. Well, here are some other thoughts on how I think they're going to make the army of freaks grow. Mm-hmm. Selena. Selena is totally going to be full on Catwoman after the way that episode ended. Oh, for sure. So I'm pretty she'll sure. She'll go with them because Ivy's there. And yeah. that was going to be my thing is she actually has a really close connection with three out of four of them because mm-hmm. she's worked for Penguin. She has. She was friends with Firefly growing up. And Ivy. And Ivy. So I think it's not going to take too much for her to get on board mm-hmm. and it may help her develop her Catwoman-ness. Catwoman like qualities. Um, right. Maybe Ivy will have some catnip or something for her to use in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Another thing, Fish and Strange. So we know that they're coming back eventually. And if they wait until the last five minutes of the <laughs> finale, I may have to send an evil email to Fox. Um, <laughs> but this is a perfect opportunity for them to come back and for the freaks to grow. I think that they have been working on perfecting the science behind the regeneration and power creation behind the scenes. Uh-huh. And whether they are joining forces or taking over the army of freaks is left to be, you know, still the question. My money, however, is on taking over. I think yeah. they'll sort of pull a gym with the court thing. Be like, oh, yeah, we're in with you. We're in with you. And it's ours now. <laughs> Something like that. Because Penguin can't win. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> we can't win. Let's see. Um, Over in the chat room, uh, Carolyn says, I heard that Selena was going to be closer to Tabitha, which is interesting. Well, Tabby Cat. Yeah. Well, and, wasn't, and what wasn't – what is Jay- her character character? Like Tabby, it was – Oh, it's uh, – Because we called her. I mean, she was – Wildfire. No. Tab- 
tire, tire, the tigress, tigress, tigress. There we go. Okay, so tigress and Catwoman does make sense. The tire. She's the tire. Put it on her car. (laughs) (laughs) Tabby the tire. Tabby the tire. And JG Love uh, says over in the chat room, maybe they'll recruit more freaks in the next episode before the war. I I almost guarantee you that that's that's going to be their arc for the next two episodes or this episode, maybe another episode, maybe another episode after that. Mm -hmm. And then they'll have the whole army of freaks. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Carolyn uh, also says the Tigress could be a huge inspiration to making a Catwoman. Yeah, she does use the whip. Mm -hmm. She does have sort of that seductress thing going on. Yeah. Uh, That S&M kind of thing the Catwoman gets into it. But we're going to talk more about Selena whips and Catwoman later. Uh, but let's see here. Okay, so we're going to get back to the main discussion. Just a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, uh, I guess it's time to look at this Joker. 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 No, 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 Joker. Yes, look at this Joker when we catch call out the the subtle references the outright appearances etc 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 the joker on gotham we've been doing it since season 01 episode one season pilot. 01 <laughs> season 01 episode 01 the pilot uh with the awkward comedian and fishes and laszlo who could forget laszlo oh laszlo and we've had so many theories I, and so you know obviously many. jerome eventually showed up and it kind of blew a lot of our theories out of the water shot it out of the water then we saw a lot of this joker graffiti everywhere but there was we haven't done this in a few weeks since uh jerome's three-part story His january story yeah but I, I i did catch something in this week's episode that i thought was worth pointing out okay and that's uh yeah you know when babs is coming back into the club at the end and she's all upset and there's the band playing on stage mm-hmm. you'll never guess the song that was playing in sirens when when she came back in what was it called it's called love like blood and it's by a band called the killing joke mm, the killing so, joke i feel like i've heard of that before yeah that's Bill, a, tell me more that is a reference to the Alan Moore story from the 1980s in which Batgirl becomes paralyzed and Jim Gordon becomes naked. Oh, wait. It we was... reviewed that earlier in the year, last year on this show. Yes, we did. But if you want to go over to legendsofgotham.com and click on Look at This Joker, look under uh, for this episode, season three, episode Just 17, the Primal Riddle. And we have a link to the uh, original video for Love Like Blood. So you can go oh, ahead and check that out if you want to. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was so fun. I thought it was fun enough to go ahead and uh, take Add some extra there. minutes and throw in there. Excellent. Okay, and uh, we're not going to do a full Patreon read because, mm-hmm. uh, as we've mentioned a couple times, you know, this after is our this, last season. After our, this season's done, we're going to be uh, closing up shop. But we do want to give a shout out to our five dollars star patrons, which are those of you who loved us enough to give us five dollars <laughs> a month. Uh, that's Becca ba- Baca, Harry Seidler, Angel, Monica Jones, Other Anne Marie, Casa Commotion, Sage of Earth, aka Patty. Jacob Newman, Robert Cattler, Hope Mullinex, Jessica Gonzalez, and Patrick Cohen. We love you guys so much. Thank you guys for supporting us. You know, not just this month, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these people for the past couple of years. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And if you want to buy us a beer or something like that, yes. uh, you can go ahead to patreon.com slash universe box. You and can throw come us over and have a beer. Yeah, because I think I think Please. we're we're, we're going to get the money from June and then we're shutting, and the, then it's shutting shut down. it down. So if you want to buy us a beer, just yeah, go patreon.com slash universe box. that last episode is going to be insane. And to remember to think outside. Think outside. Think outside. Think outside. Okay, uh, anything fun over here in the chat room? Uh, um, I wonder if that could be a reference to Barbara's namesake. Batbra's namesake. Well, she corrected it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like Batbra. However, Batbra no, is no, kind no, of no, a no, 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 no,
<laughs> Good stuff. We can sing anything. Okay, but um, yeah. no, but that that I I like that though because it was the Killing Joke, which was Barbara Gordon's thing. Yeah, and it was Barbara who came in during. You know, mm-hmm. Gotham TV of, writers know what they're up to. And a lot of people were theorizing that Barbara was going to be Batgirl's mom. You know, yeah, way back in season one. Way back in season one, before she went uh, cuckoo bananas. Babby. Yeah, cuckoo bananas. Uh, which, by the way, I have I have some really good Babs notes Ooh. coming up in a little bit. But first, which is fun because you don't usually. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about Selena. Uh, Selena's crushed. Uh, if you didn't notice. <laughs> Uh, now, Selena, uh, not just crushed against the ground, but she has a crush, and it became very obvious in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, she's been going on, on and on the past few episodes. You know, Bruce, leave me alone. Go away, Bruce. Don't talk to me, Bruce. Mm-hmm. She wants nothing to do with Bruce Wayne any longer because of how things shook out with Bruce and her mom and all yeah. th- that whole situation. But she sort of betrays that when she's talking to Yanni Bruce in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Yanni Bruce, if you don't know, is what we call the clone Bruce. Yeah, he will forever be Yanni Bruce. Yanni Bruce. Uh, but uh, as soon as she catches on that Yanni Bruce has been pretending to be the real Bruce, uh, she flips into this sort of protective mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, she even says that she's going to run off to Alfred, who punched her, and she doesn't like very Slapped. Much. No, I think – or was it slapped? He slapped her across okay. the face. I, I, I just know there was some child abuse. There was child on. abuse, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, but she's going to run to him to let him know, even though she doesn't like him that much, which is not something you'd expect from someone who doesn't even care mm-hmm. about Bruce Wayne. Uh, she even admits that she has a high opinion of Bruce and his moral fiber, despite their fall- falling out. She says to Yanni Bruce, uh, after he says that, I-, I came here, you're the one person in Gotham I want to save. She says, that's the difference between you and Bruce Wayne. He would try to save everybody. Yep. Why can't you be more like Bruce Wayne? Why Yanni can't Bruce? you be like real Bruce, but- Yanni? But, you know, so, so, uh, oh, uh, over in the chat room, Carolyn says, uh, she calls the clone Deuce. Nice. Deuce Wayne. Nice. Deuce Wayne. But, you know, so not only does Kat or Selena still have this crush, uh, this pining over Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. but she also gets crushed against the ground when Yanni Bruce very yeah. surprisingly shoved her out the window. Shoves her out a window. I, now, what, I, I, I wonder, though, what will she be like after getting attacked by all those carnivorous cats? You uh, know, they weren't really attacking her. Uh, they were I'm, licking her wounds. It, have, have you ever seen a, a news story about a dead body in an apartment with cats and what happens to it? Well, I mean, that's, cat, a, that's the, over time. There, there's even a joke, you know, a dog will sit there by your side and die with you days later waiting for waiting for you to wake up where a cat will just completely devour you and not even care. I uh, love cats. cats are so cruel. I love cats. Uh, but I, I'm wondering after she goes through, I, obviously, this transformation that's coming up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what what's she going to be like? Is she going to have any feelings left for Bruce or will she emerge as, you know, a proto Catwoman who flirts with everybody to accomplish her goals? Because that's one thing about the Catwoman character. She uses her sexuality mm-hmm. uh, to sort of manipulate people and get what she wants and uh, get out of trouble a mm-hmm. lot of times, too, including she- Batman. Uh, Jay Glove in the chat room points out that the fall out of the window might be karma catching up with Selena because she pushed What's-His-Face out the window like in the first season. She ripped out some person some guy's eyes in the first season too yeah she was she well that was like the out. second that was the second episode yeah but though no, she literally pushed um alfred's guy that was hired by the board of wayne and just like it, mm-hmm. it, it's all weaved together yeah so oh by the way when in the chat room says cats are smart 
like a mm-hmm. fox. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. so Catwoman's this person who flirts with people who uses her sexuality as a as a weapon sometimes mm-hmm. almost. So I, I'm wondering if when she comes back, is she going to have this pure sort of kid like crush on Bruce that she has now that she's obviously been trying to hide not very successfully around Johnny Bruce, or is she going to maybe uh, only flirt with Bruce when they both arrive back in Gotham, but only towards a purpose? Like, is she going to use him right. using that Catwoman sort of flair? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, and Low Wolfpack brings this up in the chat room. But I wanted to mention, uh, and I, mo- I think most people who know anything about Batman caught this. But if you didn't happen to catch it, Selina's sudden fall is a reference to Catwoman's origin in Batman Returns mm-hmm. and the horrible ha- Halle Berry Catwoman. Wo- I have never seen that, too. and I don't plan to. You don't want, she plays basketball. It's bad. Uh, but uh, it's the same basic <laughs> deal. She falls to her death, then gets revived by cats and becomes the Catwoman. Uh, so I can't wait to see how she changes after she wakes up from this. Mm. I also, I feel like Gotham TV writers in general take a lot of cues from Batman Returns, which is good because it's one of the best Bat flicks. It is. But uh, you were laughing at something in the chat room. I was laughing. Okay. So Lone Wolf Pack asks, you know, if um, she she's old enough really to play sexy. And she is like 17, maybe 18 now. Yeah. And she's a dancer. She's probably been doing a bit of the sexy since about age 12 as a dancer. That's just the way it goes, which is what – um. and then uh, Carolyn Wells points out that she was the dancer makes her more flexible or have more agility. And that would be where my guffaw came in. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I would also say too that you know mm-hmm. if she comes back and she so, sort of has that flirtatiousness – kind mm-hmm. of thing going on. I don't think she's going to be going after Harvey Bullock or Jim Gordon. I think it's going to be no. s- squarely aimed at people like Bruce Wayne and, you know, characters of that age. Because, I mean, there's a couple of them floating around. Maybe she'll seduce the Scarecrow. Maybe he'll show back. Maybe he'll show back up. That'd be nice. Although he might be too old for it. <laughs> I'll come to think of it because that has been a few years. Yeah. And he, he was he was older, too. He was like 18 or 19, I think, the after we played them. Yeah. But okay, so, you know, we've talked about one side of that whole penthouse conversation. We, you want to talk about the other side, right? Yanni Bruce. Yanni Bruce. Okay. I have so many questions. Hold on. Let me think. Let my computer catch up with me. So how exactly was he created in Indian Hill? We still haven't gotten the details behind how the court actually made Yanni Bruce happen. Um, was he Bruce Wayne's twin? Did they somehow steal his DNA and clone him a la that sheep thing that they do? Um, or how, and how long have they been cultivating this Yanni Bruce? I need answers, people. I need strange to come back and tell me what the heck is going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, now we know that he was created to be a Bruce bot and he has taken some aspects a little bit too far. Why? Hello, Yanni. How are you? Uh, <laughs> Just right there, my face. Um, let's see. He seems to have tapped into real Bruce's emotions a bit, which you can tell when he's con- he seems concerned for Alfred as well as Selena for when this weapon arrives. Oh my god, I can't look. Um, these worry, emotions man. and his death predicting bloody noses seem to be affecting his judgment, seeing as how he pushed Selena out the window to save the secret. Um, Yanni is also concerned about dying before Bruce returns to take his place again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like Yanni's dying sooner rather than later. So how long is Bruce's training going to last? Like he's like, they're coming more often. They're more serious with his different voice. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, you caught the <laughs> slight, slightly, yeah. but it's just like slight enough to be, Oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. They, they so re- lots of concerns and questions. They, they definitely lucked out with, uh, casting, uh, David mm-hmm. as young Bruce Wayne, just because he, he, he's, 
he's he's the kind who who knew this kid would be able to pull off a split role like this. It's amazing. Is like, it the, and this, well, no, he like did Bruce some, and Yanni Bruce. Yeah, like Bruce and Yanni Bruce. Like Bruce, Yanni Bruce. You are not Bruce. But, I'm sorry, you were no Bruce Wayne, sir. I could be if I had a million dollars. If you had a million dollars, I would buy a Batmobile. Um, okay, so uh, you know, speaking of Yanni Bruce, um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a classic DC Comics tropes trope, trope, uh, trope that uh, Yanni Bruce is sort of exposed here, and that is uh, the trope of the degenerating clone. Okay. I, now, as soon as I saw Yanni Bruce get a nosebleed, I got really, really excited. Uh, that means he's going to be an honest to goodness DC Comics clone. Mm. Uh, now, DC. Uh, the DC Universe, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, was known for its imperfect clones, especially in the Superman books. Uh, most of them were created by a dude named uh, Dabney Donovan, mm-hmm. who worked for uh, Cadmus Labs, Project Cadmus. Uh, you, yeah, if you know Supergirl. Uh, I know that now. You're probably familiar with Cadmus, but Dabney Donovan uh, worked for them doing a lot of cloney stuff. Uh, he created stuff. he created many clones and many kind of freaks of nature things like that, including some a lot of clones of himself, which was really weird. That's awkward. Uh, but but they always ended up dissolving into this weird puddle of flesh and hair at the end. Like uh, they they just would eventually deteriorate and die. Uh, two two notable ones uh, they, that I thought of off the top of my head were one was uh, Lex Luthor two, uh, which was a clone of Lex Luthor mm-hmm. uh, who who had died from cancer because of his kryptonite ring. The kryptonite ring gave him cancer and he okay. died but they saved luther's brain and installed it inside this clone who was this young hip hot sexy aussie guy with a uh, flowing red locks and- aussie not aussie I, I said aussie you said aussie oh. and all i could think was like aussie osborne biting the head off a bat he, he was Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, no, no, but uh, he, he was this really hip, young, sexy Aussie, Aussie. guy. Uh, he also dated the, the Supergirl in the comics at of the time. Of course. Because everyone thought he was a good guy because he was Lex Luthor's illegitimate son in Australia. But no, it was actually <laughs> uh, Lex's brain in a new case. Uh, but by Action Comics number 700, he was in a wheelchair and bald again because cloning is was an imperfect process. And eventually he deteriorated. Into uh, the pile of hair and skin? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think I think the way that shook out is they found a cure for him, like right at the end. So he just ended up being bald Lex Luthor again, oh. if I remember correctly. Uh, but then uh, another good example was Superboy, uh, who was the kid who took over for Superman after he died at the hands of Doomsday, and he had the clone disease as well, as well as a lot of uh, his supporting cast who were also clones and uh, Deanna aliens and things like that. The clone is in place. But because he was po- a popular character, he, he got better really quick. He got better. Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to be bringing Dabney Donovan uh, from Cadmus to Gotham. But it's good to know that even on Earth-G, nobody in the DC universe knows how to make a good clone. No. Uh, you know, they're all going to break down and die eventually. Uh, Carolyn says, Strange could have gotten Bruce's DNA from Thomas. He was close to the Wayne family. And uh, let's see. That's very true. Yeah. It, it- well, and that sort of goes with if he was a twin, too. Mm-hmm. You know, there could have been like he may have been a twin in utero, but only well, one yeah, survived. They, and there is they a, saved the fetus and made it a kid thing. There are several canon. I, and I know we've discussed these before. Canon versions of the Batman story where there was a twin and it was all mm-hmm. weird and mutated or had a mental disease or something like that. Well, this one's so, dying by so, nosebleed. Like most rich people do, they squirrel him away into... <laughs> 
as the asylum. rich people do, yeah. so saves be, the non-rich people. So they didn't have to be embarrassed by him. It's like, you know what the Kennedys did with it with their son, uh, don't, Joe don't, Kennedy. Stop. Stop now. Joe Kennedy. Don't go Jack political. Jack's younger brother. Younger brother. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so that's still, that is definitely a possibility, too. Uh, but he looks so much like Bruce that, plus the nosebleed and stuff, like, yeah, he's a clone. He's he totally to a clone. Okay, so you want to talk a little bit about Babs, Tabs, Babsy, Tabsy. Babsy, Tabsy. It's the love triangle of Babs, Tabs, and Butch. Tabs loves both, and she will do her best to protect both of them. Usually not to her own benefit. Butch loves tabs and can only do so much right now, but his snark in this episode was my everything. <laughs> Babs loves Babs. Enough said. Mm-hmm. This is where things are going to start to get sticky. And I can't wait to see tabs snap on one or both of them. Yeah. I just needed to point out the fact that they're all, the three of them are crazy. They don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know who really loves who. I mean, this is as close as you get. Stop putting Yanni <laughs> on the screen. No, but I, I think this is definitely the uh, the episode where Tabs realized that Babs is more out for herself than just about anything else. But uh, you know that that that's a great segue into my point, which Barbara is, Queen is Barbara Queen control freak. Uh, I, her name's Barbara Queen, right? They call her Barbara Queen. Now? We're not playing this that, game that's, again. That's her new official name is Barbara Queen. Yanni. Barbara Yanni. Um, <laughs> okay. So I, I I think this episode exposed something about Barbara's character that I I don't think I've really noticed before. Really, uh, namely what her main mental defect is, and that so in the episode when she freaks out on tabs at the end of the episode, uh, she says, "As long as the quarter's out there, I'll never be in control." She is very out of control when she says it, which got me to thinking. She's always been a character trying to regain control. Mm-hmm. I. Now, when she first leaked uh, info from Jim to the press, I, I believe it was about corruption in the department or Falcon, something yeah. something in season one. I, and it was the first time they kind of had a break of trust. She was trying to gain control of the situation because mm-hmm. she didn't think Jim was going to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, then her her whole affair with the ogre came and saw her lose control of herself and her actions. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she killed her parents for Gordon's sake. Uh you know, and then in Arkham, she manipulated the other inmates to gain control, then joined Galavan's crew because he had it and she wanted it. She wanted to be close to that control. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, you've seen her trying to take control. She's tried to take control of Jim's heart by putting him in this weird wedding situation with Lee, this oh, ultimatum thing. And then the thing with Valerie. Yeah. I, uh, you know, she's constantly trying to exert control. I, I feel like she does that because in that well, she's clawing her way to the top, which is what exactly what she said. She's mm-hmm. trying to, she wants to be the center yeah. and the top of everything. But I, I think it really goes back to the ogre ogre though. Cause she had issues with control before that. Mm-hmm. But when the ogre, Oh, the ogre her, broker made her lose control. She regrets that loss of, control and if she can gain all the control if she can control gotham Mm -hmm. then maybe it'll maybe she'll never kill her mommy and daddy kind of thing even though Mm -hmm. she didn't like him that much that's true Uh, um over in the chat room carolyn says and technically we've never seen barbara kill anyone that is not true. Um, I think even just a couple episodes ago, we saw her like oh, yeah. beat the crap out of somebody with, with like a tire. With, with well, the there was with the stiletto, but there were some others. Um, and her parents would never let her have control yeah, that, over any part of it. That's, that's very a, true. Yeah. Carolyn in the chat room says her parents would never let her have control over any part of her life. That's very, very true. Very, very true. Um, but so I, I don't know if we're ever going to see like a an ending to uh, Babs's uh, story arc. But if we do, mm-hmm. I'd imagine it will have something to do with her regaining control control of her own life and and maybe even you know abandoning the barbara queen stabby 
Pretty Bad's persona and sort of coming back to a normal place. There might be redemption for Barbara Queen or, or is it Keen or Queen? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome back, Mayor James. <laughs> I love, 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 love that they keep bringing this character back for such important but bit moments. It's like Gotham TV writers sit around going, we need a guy for this. Aubrey James is it. And then Richard Kine busts, busts open the door with a cape. Okay, yes. or not. Um, he ate so many Danishes, though. I, oh, I hope they he look had so good. Heartburn was the problem. Heartburn, mm-hmm. blood pressure. Um, the I line- also love the riddle pills. The riddle oh pills God. were a lot of fun. Yes, those were insane. Though. They were a little scary. <laughs> um, the line that Ding Dong Aubrey James, I think I'm giving him the credit, even though he didn't want it. He pointed it out. Mm-hmm. But it was bing bong, bing bong from Inside Out. But yeah, they called him a ding dong. His character was bing bong. If you watch the first season, I said bing bong every time we talked about him. Yeah, Richard Kind played bing bong in Inside Out. And then he which, plays Aubrey James on Gotham. Which is just really funny because my kid went to bed reading the bing bong little golden <laughs> book. I was like, mm, that's a thing. Nice. Anyway, so bing bong, bing bong. Okay, so so let's see here, Anne Marie. It's time for the arbitrary scale where we rate, it is time. where we rate the episode based Ish. on a random number and a random bunch of stuff that happened in the episode <laughs> that I make up on the spot usually. Wow. Okay, so let's see. Okay, wow. I, I'm going to give this over to the chat room too. So feel free to weigh in. Out yes, of please. Seventy-two carnivorous cats hopped up on riddle pills. How many carnivorous cats hopped up on riddle pills do you give this episode? Fifty-eight. Why? Um, and, and stretch it out. And stretch it out. Um, I think that it was a really good episode, but I don't think – it was one of those we need to bide our time between stuff. Excuse me. So it didn't – it filled in some gaps. It filled – you know, we got a little bit of progress on each story, but not a lot or anything big reveal amazing on any one. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those we need to get from point A to point B. How do we do that? Okay, here's episode 17. Yeah. Have I stretched enough? You have not stretched quite enough. Well, gosh darn it. So 58, 5 plus 8 <laughs> equals 13, 1 plus 3 is 4. I don't know. I'm just, I'm literally stretching now. Yeah, well, there there definitely were a lot of carnivorous cats. So, sorry, I, I needed to get, because... Uh, Did uh, we get another voicemail? No, no, we just have something to take care of in just a minute. As for me, oh. and uh, we're still waiting for people in the chat room. Come on, chat room. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to give it... 54 carnivorous cats hopped up on riddle pills. 54? Wow, even lower than me. <laughs> well, well, they're hopped up on riddle pills, and I gave them, gave them a little LSD, too, so it's going to get real weird real quick. <laughs> uh, but, but no, no I, I, like you said, I thought, it, mm. I thought it was a really good episode. Like, it was a really compelling throughout. Yeah. Uh, but by, by the same token, you know, when it came time to... To rewatch it, you just go... Hmm. To rewatch it and write notes for the episode, it was like... I, what I, happened? I can say what happened. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, luckily, I, I found some good things to pull out some say yes. especially I, my favorite point of mine uh was bar the barbara uh keen slash queen point i uh, which i which that point i give 72 carnivorous cats hopped up on riddle pills of course but it's mine so over in the chat room uh let's see here uh talking to we win gives it 63 uh carnivorous cat hopped up on riddle pills i enjoy the uh, letters lone wolf pack gives it 60 carnivorous cats hopped up on riddle pills and one blue pill <laughs> and uh 
Then uh, JG Love sixty eight gives it seventy two carnivorous cats hopped up on or not seventy two sorry sixty. And then Carolyn gives it uh, sixty four carnivorous cats hopped up on riddle pills. You want to read the justification because sure. I'm almost out of breath. Several characters got to be more campy, more flamboyant, and show more flair, which is what makes Gotham characters stand out. They are very exaggerated, and they love every single minute of it, and that can rub off on the audience, making the experience more mm-hmm. enjoyable. Yeah, and, and definitely, I as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I, I was I was really glad to see the theatricality uh, come back into the villains a little bit with the Riddler. Yeah, because uh, you know that's something that you know people are a little uneven on Fish Mooney. A lot of people outright hate her, which is just wrong. But but that's one thing I always liked about her. She always had this side kind of quartered out performance like mm-hmm. you know she was interacting with the characters she was interacting with but she was also sort of interacting with the audience too and mm-hmm. you definitely saw that in ed's performance in this week's episode oh very much so okay well i guess that about wraps it up so now on to the news news first up the ratings uh let's see gotham and lucifer which who cares about lucifer uh both got a 0.9 and we're down a tenth uh but that can always get adjusted up too it can get adjusted up but it's average right now. Like Mondays are very rough nights mm-hmm. um, in general, and most things are just sort of. We, which, by the way, the the uh, as Jason Wiley pointed out over in our Facebook group up at facebook.com slash groups slash Legends Gotham. Yeah, up fronts are next week, so we will we know, will know Gotham's fate next week. But I I don't really I don't I'm we, not scared. Yeah, we haven't put a lot of energy into the hashtag Renew Gotham campaign, but that's because it because doesn't make much. We th- yeah. we think we think it's pretty safe because it's one of the most popular shows on the Fox network. So I I don't see it's them... in their top ten shows. Yeah, I so... don't see them cutting it, especially you know less than a season away from getting syndication. You know, yeah, that's you know hitting that one hundred is still always a very important yeah. thing for. <laughs> Shows. But uh, let's see. We're going to go ahead and take a quick look at the preview for next week's episode, which is know. called – let's see here. What Did, do, I don't even know. It is called Complete Power, Sorry. I believe, or at least that's what the video is called on Gotham's YouTube channel. This is what I was stalling for. <laughs> oh. You didn't have the link in here. But let's see. We'll take a quick look at it. Jim's in a car. Uh, Catherine's in a window. Cars are on a bridge. Fight, Bruce fight, is in a fight. Thing. He's in a dream sequence again. Yeah, he's in another dream sequence. I do, still do, think do, he's do. always been in a dream sequence. I think so, too. Hugo Strange. Was that really him? Yeah, Catherine. Uh, Barnes is busting out. Fireflies <gasps> catching stuff on fire. There's some purple smoke. Yes. Bruce is facing off against fight, some ninja fight, guy. Fight, fight, It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Good time. Absolute power. Nice. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, so definitely check that out next week. Um uh, by the way, I, I forgot to I, – I thought about this literally 10 minutes after we wrapped the show last week. Yeah. My theory for who's in that crate on the pier. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. You didn't share that. I think it's going to be Ray Shao Gould. Yeah. That's who I think's in the crate who's going to bring – or cleanse Gotham. Well, we know we're getting it. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, we're just still talking. What are we cleansing it from? I don't know. It's a pretty grimy city. It's, it's pretty. A, well, it's – the thing is, what – I don't understand, like, because they took – Ed under their wing for now. They're, they have Bruce. They have Gordon. Like, they have all the main, they have the main players. Like, we know that they're not wiping out Penguin. Well, I think, it, I think it's a situation where there's all these the power general... play, players that they don't have control of, like Penguin and Babs. all the villains. Do you and... think they're going to cleanse Babs? They might. I really don't want, I love Babs, guys. Yeah, I, I love Barbara Queen. I mean, King. Kean, Kean, uh, Carolyn so, in the chat room says more feedback. action. Carolyn in the chat room says more action, more violence, more emotional exhaustion. Yay, Yay Gotham. Gotham! 
And uh, then Lone Wolf Pack says, didn't Jerome's rampage start the whole cleansing from the court? That is very true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, I think it was when he plunged the city into darkness. I think that's when that came up. Okay. Maybe. See, that makes sense because they were insane. Yeah. But uh, when you get done watching the episode next week, after you gain ultimate absolute power, whatever the episode was called, uh, what we need you to do is we let, need you to let us know what you thought about the episode. You can do that mm-hmm. in a few ways. You can email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Legends of Gotham. You can Facebook us at facebook.com slash groups slash Legends of Gotham. And you can call us uh, like, uh, you know, the all new Firefly Like did, call me maybe. At 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And as usual, actually, we don't No, Bobby it's not week. as usual. Bobby fail. But we did hear from someone we haven't heard from in quite a while, and that's Carlos. So take it away, Carlos. Hi, Bill Emery. This is Carlos. I know it's hey. been a very long time since I called, but yeah. I just wanted to say that you guys can continue. I really miss you guys, and I'm really glad that you keep on been doing these reviews and commentaries on the show Gotham. I really have been enjoying so far what the show has done, and a bit, a lot of props to Ben McKenzie last week. I think he did a great job directing that, that episode. And this week was was just as good and was, was really good. I really enjoy the dynamics between Penguin and Ivy. I just think they're absolutely, their chemistry just mixes so well together, and I hope to see more of that in the future as well. Pengy plants. Pengy plants. the inclusion of Mr. Freeze and Firefly. Also, also, I, I really like, I really like the direction of what, uh, pardon me, I'm sorry, I'm starting a bit. I really like the direction that Gor- they're taking with Gordon. I really find, I find it very fascinating that he's going to lead, that going to court. It's not something that we normally see him do, but I'm really, I'm really excited to see where they take that, that route. And the main highlight for me with this episode was, of course, the pretty much the birth of the Lena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, Tim Burton style. I am so happy. I'm very happy with that scene, and I can't wait to see where they take that, where they're going to take that later on in the future. And regarding Barbara, uh, it's very interesting the path they're taking it. They're taking her character. I think you know what I mean by that, but I'm just going to keep it to myself just in case. But anyway, <laughs> overall, I thought it was a really great episode. I hope you guys take care, and I hope to see you again next week. Take care, guys. Thank, Thank you, you. Very much, Carlos. Uh, let's see. Over in the chat room, uh, JG Love sixty eight says, "I lo- I liked when Oswald wanted to sweeten the deal for Firefly by kissing, killing, killing her, killing boss. her boss, not kissing. <laughs> That's whole so- different thing." But he says, "That's so pangy." Very, That's very so true. Pangy. Okay, you want to read this uh, letter here from Sith Youth Pastor? Sure. Hey, everyone. I am continuing to enjoy the show, and I thought I would leave some thoughts I had about tonight's episode. Nigma in this episode was a pure genius and a delight to watch, especially enjoyed his Shakespeare performance. I wonder if the tickets for his performance are sold out like Hamilton's. <laughs> um, did anyone else notice how much Hugo Strange had been mentioned in this episode? Could be hinting it's at a return like soon. he's coming back. Oh, wait, he's coming back. Uh, welcome back, Mr. French Fries, LOL. Um, I still think Alfred knows that something is up with Bruce, too. Yanni, sir, Yanni. Um, he <laughs> Scrawny Yanni. Scrawny Yanni. He knew that the original Bruce for far too long to not catch 
that something is amiss. The only negative I could sense in this episode was that the court was too trust too trusting. For mm-hmm. a secret organization, they sure did choose to trust James very quickly. Well, to be fair, he is related to two former members. Members, yeah, that they had killed. For um, let's see, he told them he killed his uncle and then delivered Nigma to them. I feel like there should have been something more in order for him to prove himself. That's true. He should have, mm-hmm. you know, killed someone. Uh, anyways, I give this episode 70 out of 77 premium cat food tins. Talk to y'all <laughs> soon, Sith Youth Pastor. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, let, let's see, over in the chat room, Carolyn says, and how many times uh, did the word Two-Face pop up? Yeah, It was when, a few times. When it was in that riddle, I was like, oh, it's going to be Harvey Dent is who they're talking wow, about. Wow, it'd be nice to get that actor back. No, not going to happen. He's not on NBC. Happen. Nope. Okay, uh, next up is uh, – I've never heard of this person before. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. Kip. Hi, everybody. This is Kip. First time caller, long time listener. Hi. You know, I just wanted to bring in on this episode of Gotham. Oh, so good. You know? I mean, Ed getting in over his head, taking on the court. Uh, is this Huel Hauser? Oh, I hope he knows what he's doing. Who knows what they have in store for him? Uh, but really, what I want to talk to you guys about is I hear you guys are leaving. Oh, I'm so sad. Bill and Marie, I love you guys. Uh, this is really sad. No, I'm being serious. But, you know, it's okay. Let's enjoy the time that we still have together. It's going to be great, right? A few more episodes, let's do it. But anyway, getting back to the episode, you know, Penguin getting together, his family of freaks. Oh, it's such a beautiful thing. See all these guys together. Oh, awesome. Anyway, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Bruce. I mean, evil Bruce being all weird. Johnny! out windows. Cats come around. Look at her face. Tell her. I'll just say that if you don't call him Yanni Bruce, then you don't really love us. <laughs> it's going to be all right, sweetie. Everything's going to be okay. We've got you. Just eight more lives. Live them up. Babe. But anyway, you know, you guys should really think about, like, when season four comes around, you guys should probably, like, think about doing it. I mean, seriously. You know, that's like, what, 22 episodes a year? You know? I mean, you would get the summer off and the winter off and the spring <laughs> off, you know? It's like being a private school teacher. But, you know, you're not getting paid. You know, that's not so cool. But no. still, you know, good times, right? Anyway... I will say that for season four, I'm thinking about doing something short form to review Gotham. So you might get your wish there. You might get a I mini wish. I call because my friend told me to call you, you know, Big J. It's cool, you know. Big J! That's how we do that, We know Big J. Kip. It's a little rough around the edges. I know. But if you get to know him, I mean, he's got a heart of gold, I'm telling you. I mean, he probably took that heart from somebody and, like, dipped it in a batter of gold and stuff. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Man, I'm being serious. That's kind of creepy. Anyway, I really love you, Bill, Emery. I want to talk to you guys later, okay? Have a good night. Bye. That was fantastic. Amazing. Kip, F- fantastic. where have you been amazing. for the past three seasons? Yeah, that, that, that was fantastic. I, I hope we get a message from uh, Kip or Big J every episode until, until we're out here. Th- yeah, there's so only like five more. You can do the it. sentiments, too. Uh, but you know what? We're running a little long, so I think we're going oh. to cap it there. Sorry for everyone else who sent in some feedback. But I, I think... Wait, the, it caught a little. We're the, late. The Firefly. Uh, Gotham cast members... Trump, Trump people. Trump's people sometimes. Sorry about that. But next week, we probably won't have any Gotham cast members call in, so you can feel free to email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Tweet us at Legends of Gotham. Facebook is facebook.com slash groups. 
slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 555-1212. What? Just kidding. It's 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Give us a call as soon as you're done with the episode next week, or we're going to give Kip your number. Oh, we're going to give Kip your number. All right. We want to thank our, all of our members in the chat room over at twitch.tv slash universe box. Again, as always, you can join us there. 8.30 p.m. EST. Uh, Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. Night after Gotham. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Emery, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at AMD Simone. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can follow all of the stuff we do over at universebox.com. And uh, I... I, Shut up. Join us next time for more... Legends of Gotham. Legends of Gotham. Okay, we ready? Yep. Okay, what do I even do here? Okay, testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Okay, I'm going to go in three, two, one. And scene.